Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? Pete Forsey, the podcast. Yes, it is me. I'm sure you can tell I don't sound like myself. You're going to get raspy Pete here today for episode 20 of the podcast. I apologize. Uh, Just bear with me here. Um, I was thinking about blowing it off. I was thinking about blowing off for another week. It would have been the third week, and that's when I said, nah, not doing it. Not doing it. No excuses, no explanations, Pete. Get it done. Find a way. That's what I'm doing here. So we're going to fight on. We're going to fight through this. Um, and I, I'm sure I kind of owe you an explanation for the last two weeks. I've been on a hiatus. And one thing that I've said from the beginning here is I want to be dependable. I want to be here for you guys in case you have questions you want answered and you want it coming from me. Uh, I want to make myself available. I want to make sure you guys know I'm going to be here answering all the hot button topics in sports. And that's what we're going to do here today. But I should tell you what happened the last couple of weeks. Uh, first and foremost, a little life was thrown at me. And I had to, a couple of weeks ago, uh, get an oral procedure done on my mouth. It was the 13th time or something like that that I had to do that. Whether it was cavities, uh, getting new teeth. This one, I had gums in my mouth rearranged because my dentist said, that if I don't do that, uh, I'm going to lose my teeth. And I didn't want that to happen. I didn't want to have to move to West Virginia to fit in with everyone. So I had to have that procedure done, and they cut up my mouth. Uh, the roof of my mouth was the worst pizza burn that you could ever imagine. This wasn't an actual one, but it felt like it. And my mouth just, it was sore. I was on pain meds, and I couldn't open it, so obviously I couldn't speak here. And then the Stanley Cup happened. And NBC Sports called me and said, hey, we uh, we want you to work for us because it's all hands on deck. It's the Stanley Cup and we need to have a big staff. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. I want to see the Stanley Cup. And I thought I had an idea of what they would need for me. I said, OK, you're going to need some work here and there before the games. And then obviously it's going to be a long day, the day of the games, the home games in St. Louis. And turns out they needed me more than that. It was just it was overtime. It was full days. I was dead ass tired and I didn't have room for the podcast. So that's the explanation for the last two weeks. Uh, But we're going to get back on board here. We had mini camp or we, yeah, we had mandatory mini camp for the NFL. And I want to talk about that. Uh, Baseball. There's something I really want to talk about. It's about hitting batters. And we seem to be in an era now where people don't want that to happen. I want to tell you why it needs to happen. And we're, we're just going to talk about Stanley Cup, obviously. I'm going to hit that next. I'm going to talk to you about my time with NBC, some cool things that happened there. It's episode 20 of the podcast. We are back. Raspy Pete, here we go. So part of the reason I think I have this raspy voice is because I had to scream over Doc Emmerich on Wednesday evening, which I'm happy to do. Doc Emmerich, as I tweeted out at the beginning of the Stanley Cup game one, is one of the best in the business One of the best broadcasters you can get. I wish he did more sports. He's only ever done hockey, I'm pretty sure. At least I know that's always been his primary responsibility. Uh, But I couldn't hear or speak to anyone without screaming at them, even when I was just at an arm's length distance on Wednesday. Uh, I was at a bar watching Game 7 of the Stanley Cup with my friends. Uh, So I think that was probably the largest contributing factor. But I was also around some folks that were sick. Uh, I feel like I have an anthill in my mouth, and it sucks. But again, I'm not trying for anyone to be, feel sorry for me. I'm just saying this is the explanation. I'm, I'm sorry if my voice irritates you. But talking about the Stanley Cup, first and foremost, congratulations. The teams, the coaches, the exec, everybody involved, you earned it. This is why you work your ass off 
off season, during season, grinding it out. I know people hate that term. You know, it's it's cliche, but it's just so true. So many peaks and valleys during the season. This team epitomizes it, and it's just, it's just a great story. It's a Hollywood story right here in the Midwest. It's awesome. It's fun. And I'm excited for those people, and I'm also excited for the fans. I'm excited for the fans because substantial emotional investment was put on the line. People have put their hearts into this team, watching from the comfort of their homes on the televisions. They've sunk years, some people. Some people have put years into watching this team, and it's finally paying off. And I'm sure just the the pleasure is on another level. However, I, I'm, I, I'm not one of those people. I'm sorry. I'm not. I chose long ago. I am not going to put my emotional stability on the line based on outcomes of a team, based on outcomes of something I have no control over. I am just watching. I am sitting there watching the television screen. I can't do anything about it. I'm not going to let my emotions... Um, level out differently because of that. Of course, I did it long ago, but then I said one day it snapped to me. I said, why do I put myself through this? Fandom is a choice. Some people seem to believe you're like birthed into it or it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's put down on you from like parents. No, it's not. You have a choice whether to put this emotional roller coaster to, to, to buy a ticket and go for, along for a ride. I said, I'm not doing that. Now, I'm not mad the Blues won the Stanley Cup. I'm just saying I'm in the neutral chair here. I'm the judge. I'm the arbiter. I only invest in the competition. I just want to see the highest level of play each and every night, no matter what sport I'm watching. And you know what? I go to bed all the same. I sleep sound at night. I'm not mad about uh, a player misexecuting. I'm not mad about an official missing a call. Sure, sometimes for maybe a couple minutes, I say, you know what? You could have done better, guy. Coach, you just, you really crushed that one. Sure, but by by the end of the night, by the next morning, I'm good, man. I don't have any skin in the game. It would be different if I was like a coach, an executive, a player. I mean, you're putting time and effort into this. Me? I just sit down at 7 o'clock and flip on the television. That's it. So congratulations to the people who have sunk a whole lot of their mental state, their emotional state into this because the payoff is here. I really am happy for you. But I got to say, I like my path a little bit better. It's more uh, consistent. It's more dependable. It's reliable. Um, I, I gave it up long ago and I challenge you to maybe just consider it. I mean, sports, you know, however you consume it, that's up to you. I choose to consume it this way. Congratulations to anyone who supports the blues. I'm going to be at the parade on Saturday because I mean, how many opportunities do you have to go to a parade? There's going to be half a million people in downtown St. Louis. When else have you ever heard that come out of someone's mouth? A half a million people in St. Louis drinking beers, cheering, music blaring. Hell yeah, I'm going to be at that. I'm not missing that for anything. It's going to be a fun Saturday, June uh, 20th. Oh, excuse me, the 15th. I'm looking at my laptop here. June 15th at high noon. See you there, downtown STL. First time listeners, if this is uh, obviously your first time tuning in here, 
If you don't know, now you know. Football is paramount on this podcast, and we had a great announcement, an obvious announcement, one that I was going to be infuriated if it didn't happen. Raiders have been chosen for HBO Hard Knocks. That's going to be in August during uh, uh, during training camp for the NFL. And I tell you what, this has the opportunity to surpass the New York Jets 2009 uh, Hard Knocks uh, during their training camp. That was awesome because Rex Ryan was just absolutely fantastic. It was as if he was like engineering the entire uh, the entire documentary is as if he was the director. It was awesome. And the jets had, you know, they had some names on there, but really it was just, uh, you know, it was just propped up from Rex Ryan. And the thing is you got another guy who's as fully capable as doing that is John Gruden, the, the head coach there. You have Mike Mayock, who is a former TV personality, who's the general manager. So maybe he's, uh, you know, he'll give you a, he'll be well suited to perform on television. And he's obviously a very good communicator. So we'll get some frank discussion there. And then, I mean, we can just go down the list on the names there. Antonio Brown, God bless him. I've criticized him a lot, but this is where he shines. This is where he's going to shine. He's going to be pure gold on television. Um, who knows what's going to happen? I'm not even going to predict it. I'm just going to watch. And then you got Richie Incognito, the, the mental... I don't even, I'm not going to call him a mental midget or anything, but just the, the mental <laughs> head case that that guy is against Vontez Perfect, the dirtiest player in football. I cannot wait for the clash between that guard and linebacker in training camp. That's going to be awesome. I hope there's a fight, a good training camp fight between an offensive lineman. That would be awesome. And then, I mean, really, it, there's, a, there's the element of unpredictability that's just going to make it awesome. And the one that's going to make it different is not only because it could be up there with the Jets, but also it's not going to focus on the rookies too much. I mean, obviously they have first three first-round picks, so those guys will probably be highlighted. But the thing about hard knocks in the past is that usually it's about, like, the roster bubble guys. Like, I know the Browns, they heavily focused on uh, Kajust. Was it last year? Kajust. Uh, despite even having Baker... Um, so they, they even kind of shifted it towards this way last year with the Browns, HBO. But this year it's going to be even more so. It's going to be on the people that uh, the public actually cares about. It's going to be about the players that actually play and have guaranteed contracts. It's not going to be about John Schmo and his, you know, rags to riches story if he, you know, if he makes it. Which those are great. Those are awesome. Love them. But, I mean, you know, we all know that story by now. So I'm ecstatic for the Raiders. I think it's going to really peek behind the curtain of how they're going to think. Some of it's going to be incomplete because as I always say with documentaries, with mashups, and that's exactly what a documentary is. If you ever notice with documentaries, you got the narrator, you got the voiceover, and they kind of give you the timeline of events of what they're talking about, whether it's, you know, recalling the Fab Five or recalling Deion Sanders' career. I'm giving you a couple 30 for 30 examples right here. You ever notice those narrators are given the timeline of events and then next thing you know, the interviewer, he pops up and their answers are given and they make it seem as if that guy's answering to what the narrator just said. Oftentimes, that's not the case. Oftentimes, they're just arranging it for the sake of fluency in the documentary. That's why it's kind of like you always got to take all of it with a grain of salt and that's what you got to do here with Hard Knocks. Some of these conversations are just going to be snippets and it's going to lack context. You know me, I love context. But, you know, it's going to be fun nonetheless. I love HBO Hard Knocks. I love going behind the scenes, 
hearing the the conversations between general manager, between players, some of these guys just totally reveal themselves. Jason Light on the Buccaneers, man, that guy was just, I mean, it was like high school. I honestly thought it was like a high school coach speaking there. And then some of these players are just straight dumbasses, like straight dumbasses. The, the, the logic behind some of their decisions is just like, my goodness, man, no, no wonder you're, you know, just dwindling down. Your, your career is just ending. Um, but then, you know, also you see other, you see good things too. So I'm not just going to limit to that, but it, it's, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. We have a great team. I hope it delivers. I hope the Raiders are everything that it's being cracked up to be. So in the last few weeks here, I've kind of taken uh, some accounting on what people think of the podcast thus far. It's still obviously very young, started back in January. I'm, I, I, in a lot of ways, I can't believe it's June already, but I have missed a few weeks, and I wanted people to say, uh, give me some feedback on what they hear here. And one of the themes, uh, and I'm going to get to it later on, uh, because I got an announcement on something that's going to come later on in the podcast. It, it's uh, It was breached because of, uh, or excuse me, it's it's going to happen because of the feedback that I got from someone. But the other piece of feedback that I got now is that a lot of people are saying, you know, dang, Forcey, I didn't realize you were such like a like a conservative person, like that, that your views held true that way. And I was like, my gosh, I can't, really? I'm like, that's how you view me? Like, I, I don't, I kind of view myself like down the middle, which is like the majority of Americans. Like, I, I think because of social media and the way we consume things, um, sometimes we just put it in a vacuum like oh you're either on the left or you're on the right it's like no most everyone's split down the middle like a lot of people just don't even care and i i'm i'm pretty much one of those folks i'm i'm right down the middle so anytime you give an opinion that's on uh that seems to appear to be one side or the other uh people just assume you're on that end of the spectrum when really it's just like no i'm just in the middle you're you're on the far end of it so when you look at me in the distance, you think I'm on the other side, but it's not true. I'm not on the other side. I'm, uh, I'm actually pretty close to you, man. Uh, but one thing, and the reason I bring it up is that a lot of what I see, and this seems to be the pro- like progressive way, and I, I, maybe I'm guilty of doing what I just talked about here, but it's just like when it comes to Major League Baseball, and it's in the news now, because of Madison Bumgarner jawing at Max Muncy after a home run this past Sunday. Um, you know, they were jawing back and forth. Muncy admired it a little bit and then jogged to first. And Bumgarner was not happy about it. He said, hey, you don't look at it, you run. Muncy said, don't let it go in the ocean. It's actually a bay, Muncy, but whatever. Um, you know, I, I personally didn't have any problem uh, with Muncy there. It was, you know, it was basically harmless. It was just like, it wasn't even a second. But Bumgarner hates all of that. Uh, and he said, you know, just like, I, I want to be me here. And it, it just it put up the question again. And it happens anytime someone gets angry or if someone gets a brushback pitch. Because two days later, Josh Donaldson high and inside from Joe Musgrove. And there's a little bit of a squirmish. And Donaldson is appealing currently a one-game ban for Major League Baseball. So in the past week, we've had a couple dust-ups between pitcher-batter. Um, no one's been hit, but the bean ball in major league baseball has been brought up once again, like, Hey, you don't, you don't hit people. And I didn't talk about it earlier in the season when Tim Anderson got hit, got hit, excuse me. Uh, so I'm going to talk about it now. Major league baseball 
needs to keep everything the same. I, I don't want stricter penalties for pitchers hitting batters. I don't believe in the notion that I think a lot of like the progressive media uh, believes in that you should never hit someone with a baseball. You, you could kill them. It's like, all right, well, first off here, uh, baseball has been around for like 100 years. No one has ever died. A hitter has never died from being hit by a baseball, by an intentional beanball. It's never happened, okay? Countless amounts of pitches have been thrown intentionally to hit a batter. No one has died. And if your uh, response to that is that it only takes one, well, yeah, it's only taken one for over 100 years, and it still hasn't happened. Anybody who knows how beanball works, and I haven't played one major league or even professional baseball game, and I know this, is that if you're a pitcher and you want to hit someone, it absolutely cannot, under any circumstance, hit the batter in the head. That's a place you don't go. If you want to, quote-unquote, buzz the tower or put the antennas up, if you want to get it kind of close to their head, it sure as shit cannot hit them. It just can't. That's a rule. That's that, that's your team telling you that can't happen. So I Major League Baseball needs this because I hear from friends all the time. I got a really close friend. Let's call him Patrick. Um, Patrick tells me all the time about how basketball is the growing sport and how baseball is dying and how basketball has all these good things going for him. Uh, and on a side note, let's uh, shout out the Toronto Raptors getting it done against a hobbled Golden State team. You can't predict injuries. KD was out. Clay was out. Uh, really just a testament to the depth of Golden State there. But congrats to Toronto, okay? It's, it's nice to see someone else win it for one time. But Patrick has always told me, he goes, yeah, no, but basketball's got it going on. Baseball's dying. Uh, there's just no appeal to it. There's no urgency. And, you know, some of that I would agree with. But this is one of those things that you need to preserve in the game. People like fights. They do. People may not like how the fights are instigated. A lot of people, a lot of the same people who say you should never hit someone also say they love the fight. So I say, okay, you got to choose one or the other here, okay? I say keep the fights because it's all natural. And a lot of times, you know, it's warranted when someone's acting like an asshole and then on the other, t- you know, it really, it, it kind of reveals people like Buster Posey, Hunter Strickland acted like a dumbass hitting Bryce Harper a few years ago. You guys remember that you too. But if you don't, it was over four years later, Hunter Strickland hit Bryce Harper uh, in the Bay and uh, Harper charged the mound and started hitting him. And then you have Buster Posey, Buster Posey, obviously the catcher for the San Francisco Giants totally reveals himself. He did not agree with Hunter Strickland, his pitcher for the Giants on the mound at the time he hits Bryce. He just stood there like a statue. He just stood there as Bryce Harper sprinted towards his pitcher and tried to get his licks in. My goodness. You know, Posey, you may not agree with it, but if you just stand there, his hands were on his hips. His hands were on his hips, and he just totally revealed himself. I, 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 was, I was really upset with Posey in that regard. And, you know, I've just, I, I, I'm not even calling it an old school view. I think you can just police yourself in baseball. Like, you know, if you want to flip the bat, flip the bat. Okay. But just know there's also a guy 60 feet, six inches away. He's got the ball and he's going to act the way he wants to act too. Madison Bumgarner said that, uh, this past Sunday, 
He said, you, you tell me to let the kids play, which I, the origins of that, I, I, I think people have forgotten. Uh, but anyway, they say, let the kids play and let them be themselves. Well, let me be myself. I don't like when people, you know, show me up like that. So I'm going to let them know about it. I think it's awesome. It's not something that needs to be resolved. I think it's great. I love going back and forth to people that say, hey, you know, flip the bat. It's fun. You know, I want the fun players. I, I want the guys that show emotion, you know, just the, the genuinity or the uh, the genuineness in it all. I'm just like, OK, you know, you could do that. But, you know, there's got to be people that take exception to it. Beanball needs to exist in baseball. Don't don't come at me with, oh, kids are watching on television. Any parent knows any parent that's worth their uh, salt can tell their kids, hey, major leaguers do this. You don't in your little league game. It's, it's pretty much that simple. Um, beanball needs to exist in major league baseball. I like it. Um, it's fun and I hope it continues. It's perfect just the way it is. Okay, let's check in on the home team here. St. Louis Cardinals, uh, they just kind of keep stalling here. They're just spinning their wheels. They can't put together any sort of winning streak. Um, just kind of an ugly brand of baseball overall. Their base running is good. Uh, bullpen has actually been uh, kind of ship shape. Everything's solid over there. It has been spectacular, like a lot of people maybe have uh, had hoped over in Cardinal land. But the real problem is, and it's a very simplistic problem, and it's why I don't envy John Mazalock. I really don't, because I think he's made some sound decisions, but they're just not paying off. Um, I'm looking at the best players in the lineup uh, and the pitching staff, but primarily in the lineup, I'm looking at the best players, and they need to play like it if the Cardinals are going to win some games. Matt Carpenter has become the most least aggressive player and I think is living off notoriety a little bit. I know my dad, I was uh, I was talking baseball with him. And one thing he keeps pointing out to me when he's watching the games is that he says, he goes, you know, I think Carpenter thinks he has a little more clout with these umpires than he does. He's a beggar in the strike zone. I mean, how many times has he struck out looking this year? He gets in such bad, unfavorable counts, and with the shift on, because he's pretty much announced that he's just not going to hit the ball the other way, and he's going to try and hit it in the air, Guess what? Pitchers are going to attack you up in the zone, and they're not going to give you anything lower in the zone to, to knock out of the ballpark, okay? And when, again, when you're uh, behind in the count, the, I mean, it just it makes it all the more tougher. So, I mean, Matt Carpenter, I think, needs to adjust his approach a little bit, maybe hammer some early fastballs that you get, that you get or hammer just overall. Uh, the earlier pitches in the count. And then Paul Goldschmidt, I'm actually, you know, he hasn't been, you know, what you were hoping for in superstar status. He's been good, but not elite. I think that could change, okay? His uh, his weighted OBA, um, expected weighted OBA is in the 350s, which means that based on quality of contact, he really should have uh, an on-base percentage near like 350 or so, um, giving credit, of course, to the uh, the better base hits that you get, whether it's extra base hits uh, in the form of doubles, triples, home runs, or if you're walking or getting uh, singles. Uh, his expected weighted OBA is a lot higher. Um, Dexter Fowler, okay, a guy I take shots at all the time. Some people think I hate him. I don't hate him. I I just think he doesn't go about his business the right way. He's actually going to heat up too, I think, because he has a 20-point difference in his weighted OBA average. One guy who's not going to heat up and one guy who's taken uh, some criticism for this player, Mike Matheny, 
Colt Wong is not going to get better. This guy has been awful. All the people in April, all the media members, all the fans who were clamoring, thank you, thank you, Mike Schilt, for inserting Colton Wong into the lineup and leaving him alone. Because Colton Wong, what do you have, two homers on opening day? Yeah, his weighted OBA right now, 302. Expected weighted OBA, it's even worse, 287. It's awful. The guy only hits singles. Uh, he doesn't walk a lot, and he's not stealing enough bases to get in scoring position. Colton Wong is not that good. This was not a Mike Matheny problem. Mike Matheny, I'm sorry on behalf of everyone, because a lot of people aren't big enough to apologize. Let's be clear, I didn't think you were that great of a manager, but I think you took a lot of heat for sitting Colton Wong down when, when in reality, Colton Wong didn't war at everyday playing time. But that seems to be the solution for every player, I guess. Just let him play. Just let him play. 500 at-bats for every player. No, Matt Adams, he didn't deserve that. Can't hit a slider down and in. Still can't. He's a part-time role player. One to two war or so. So, Colton Wong, he's got to be on the uh, on the trade block here. you got to move him. I'd say the Royals are someone that uh, would be interested in him because he's cheap. He is useful. He's a defensive player. Um, and, of course, I think maybe you could provide some versatility amongst their other players to play other positions if they had a second baseman. Trick is, what do the Royals have to offer? The Cardinals want to get something. It could be minimal because, as I just displayed, uh, you know, Wong's play has been uh, abysmal. Another thing, Michael Waka. Look, the starting rotation thing, that's done. I'm sorry. Okay, 2013, he'll always have that. September, October, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Pirates, what was it, game? Oh, gosh, they were losing. It was it was NLDS. It must have been game four, right? And then he had the National League Championship Series. I was at that game, uh, toe-to-toe with Kershaw, beat him out. Uh, but look, that that's not who he is anymore. It's not what it's uh, manifested itself, okay? He's got two pitches. He's got two pitches. It's not good enough, okay? That, I mean, I think he could be a useful player, but it's in the bullpen. Now, he had a good game against Miami. Miami has the worst offense known in the game. They're not good. Um, but he went six uh, spectacular innings. I wouldn't have given him that start, though, okay? I would have given it to, to Ponce, okay? But I don't think they actually scheduled it to make it uh, actually uh, capable of happening. But I, I would have worked it that way. So that way you didn't have to have Michael Walker start the game. He's done, okay? He's got the changeup. He's got the fastball. He's got the cutter, but the fastball up in the zone, the four-seam fastball, he can't attack regularly up in the zone or even even down in the zone. He's more east to west, you know? He cuts it. He changes it. The curveball, it's hit or miss, and when uh, when it's miss, well, it goes over the fence and uh, into the alley. So, Michael Walker, I think it's time to move on from him. I think it's time to move on from Colton Wong. Uh, I'm not saying you just give them away, but it's time for Mazalex to start shopping them, and I think they'll be good. I think Fowler's going to get a little bit better. I think Goldschmidt's going to get better. Let's see Matt Carpenter be a little more aggressive early in the counts. Let's see where this Cardinal team can go. Pitching staff has been okay. Get a little bit deeper into the games. Bullpen's been, uh, you know, they've been okay. I think this team can play a lot better baseball. Let's see what happens. Okay, everyone, let's circle back to the Stanley Cup, and we're, we're actually going to take it off ice here, okay? We're not going to talk about the hockey player. We're going to talk about my time. I was with NBC Sports. Uh, again, just barely repeating in case you're skipping on down to this. 
I was with NBC Sports. I saw a lot of the things behind the scenes. A lot of my responsibilities were just fetching this, fetching that. Uh, I was basically escorting uh, some of the talent there, whether it be Jeremy Roenick, uh, Doc Emmerich, Patrick Sharp. He got a little snarky with me on one of our golf cart rides. Uh, we were actually uh, we were entering Enterprise Center, and uh, I was driving a golf cart. And Patrick Sharp was sitting next to me in the front, and he was speaking to, uh, I think it was Anson, uh, who was right behind him. And they were having a conversation, and I pulled the cart over uh, as I was going down the ramp into Enterprise because there was a car coming, uh, you know, across traffic there. So I pulled to the side, and mid-sentence, Patrick Sharp turns to me and, or kind of like whispers, whispers, but, you know, it got attention because he wanted to know what was going on. He said, the fuck you doing, kid? And I was, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really like that. He was talking to me like that. So, you know, I looked over at him. I said, there's a car coming. And I, you could see it resonate on his face that he then checked and saw that the car was coming. And he quickly kind of like surveyed around him. And I guess he must have noticed a bird scooter sitting on the sidewalk or maybe it was live or whatever. And after I said that to him, he, he realized the car was coming. And then he, he saw the scooter and he said, Hey man, you ever ride these? I like these are great. I, I I love these. I've been riding them everywhere since I've been in St. Louis. Now, he was kind of like saving face for kind of. Uh, I'm not gonna say acting like a jerk, but he kind of jumped the gun on that one. So it's okay, Sharpie, but uh, you know, maybe open your eyes next time. But the real golf card ride, the one you want to hear, is about St. Louis native John Ham. John Ham was in the building for all the games. And one of my responsibilities for one of the games, I think it was the very first one at Enterprise, so it would have been Game Three. Um, I had I was on the walkie-talkie and I was talking to my to my boss, and they said, "Hey, Pete, um, uh, Kurt is going to drive the cart, and I want you the golf cart, and I want you to to hop on with John Ham and explain to him what they're going to uh, do with him on the outdoor set uh, at NBC." for the pregame show as you know the pregame show was outside enterprise center and john ham was a guest they said hey pete he's coming over there he's gonna be there in two minutes and i we need you to brief him on what's going to go on and i was like okay cool great and then you know i started thinking my mind's just processing i'm like oh my god john ham this is so cool like should i you know talk shot with him should i say big fan should i say a joke uh should i tell him about the podcast you know blah 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 anyway i'm thinking um, and you know, I'm waiting there, I'm sitting, I'm smiling and all of a sudden here comes, uh, John Ham, and he's got his, uh, he's got his bodyguard or like, you know, assistant right there. And he comes up to me, he says, Hey, what's up, man? I'm John. Uh, we dap it up. I go, Hey, what's up, man? You know, we do like the, like he bumps and then he does like the bro hug thing. Like he did, he did two. He like fist bump, but then he did like bro hug with the back tap. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's, this is sick. Um, and then he goes, okay, so, uh, what we doing here? And we hop on into like the middle section. Okay. So Kurt's up front, he's driving, I'm in the middle section and I go, okay, so this is what's going to happen, man. There's uh there's KT out there. She's going to ask you about this, about being in St. Louis. Uh, Jeremy Roenick's going to say he played against St. Louis. What do you remember about those teams? Uh, Patrick Sharp, um, you know, he's a former Blackhawk, he's a rival, so he'll, you know, he'll probably ask you about this and that. He goes, okay, okay, cool, cool, I got it, you know, I've been doing this all day. And I said, yeah, how, how's your day going? Has it been a long one? He goes, dude, let me tell you. He goes, I love this, I love this city, but this has been just, 
uh, you know, it's been a bit exhausting. I need a break. Tell me about you. I was like, oh, tell me about me. Okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. I've had a long day too. Uh, and then he kind of cuts me off. He goes, no, no, no. Like, what do you do, man? And I'm like, well, uh, you know, I'm a podcaster. Of course I say I'm a podcaster. I go, yeah, I'm a podcaster. I talk sports, a lot of Cardinals. You know, I've been talking some hockey too. And he goes, oh, dude, what is it? Pops out his phone. Pops out his phone and says, what's the name of the podcast? So I tell him, well, it's a podcast, but it's got a four, not a D in it. And uh, yeah, we talk all sports, everything ball. And uh, yeah, why don't you check it out? He goes, yeah, sure, I will. And he goes into the iTunes store, types in P-O-4-C-A-S-T, and it pops right up and he subscribes. Ladies and gentlemen, John Hamm subscribed to the podcast. And at this point, uh, you know, we're kind of approaching the set because it's just like a two minute ride. That's it. Um, and we're approaching and he goes, yeah, so you talk football. Uh, and I'm just like, yeah, I love talking football. Uh, one of the, one of the bigger topics on here. Uh, you know, we, we talk about anything from, you know, you know, trends, you know, uh, game scores, you know, big, you know, big game misses, you know, like, you know, like whatever. And he goes, that's great, man. I'm, I'm going to listen to this on, on uh, you know, whenever I have a chance and, uh, you know, hope to hear you someday on the, uh, on the big news networks. And I was like, wow, this is just like, I'm flustered at this point. This is just great. Uh, we show up, he gets off, he daps me up. He goes, thanks, Pete. Nice meeting you. Uh, I'll probably see you down the line. And, you know, that was cool. That was a great experience. He subscribed to the podcast and it was great working for NBC Sports. Now, that's the story you've got to tell everyone, okay? That's the story you tell people who haven't listened to the podcast. You tell them that's what happened with Forsey. He met John Hamm. He subscribed to the podcast, uh, and we really hit it off. Here's what actually happened with my golf cart ride with John Hamm, okay? My boss radioed me. He said, hey, John Hamm's coming here. you got to tell him what's going on, what he's going to hear at the outdoor set. John Hamm then appears, I don't know, 60 seconds later, he is flanked by two assistants that basically are bodyguards. These were really built. And, you know, I'm smiling, I'm nodding, they're coming my way, and one of the bodyguards kind of speeds up, notices me, and says, hey, Pete, Pete, like confirming it's me. He goes, hey, what are we doing here, all right? He taps me on the shoulder and kind of directs me towards the cart, and I I start to brief him. I'm like, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. And he sits on the back of the golf cart, you know, on, so you got a six seater golf cart, right? You got two up front, um, and then you got two behind it, but then you got the, the fifth and sixth seat that are looking the other way. That's where we sat because the bodyguard that I was talking to, he went ahead and took the initiative. He sat down. I'm like, well, I'm talking to this guy. I can't just like, you know, go sit somewhere else. I sat on the back. I told him what's going on. John Ham sat in the front with Kurt. Uh, I, I think they had a little conversation, not much because Ham was talking to the other bodyguard. Again, there was two of them and I never talked to John Ham. They relayed the information merrily. I was only uh, a, a few feet away from John Ham. He never heard my name. We never shook hands. We never dapped up. It was, uh, it was pretty unremarkable, but anyway, that's the actual story. I want you to go. Um, I want you to go with the other story though. That's the story you tell people when you say force he met John Hamm. Okay. Uh, so go with that one. Uh, great experience. NBC. Thanks for letting me uh, contribute to the Stanley cup. I hope to do it again and get more people on board to the podcast. Just like John Hamm. Okay. Everybody you have spoken again. 
Like I said earlier, I, uh, I've been taking some, uh, some advisements, some guidance, some questions, some comments from everybody, uh, both in my direct messages at Pete4C, that's all social media, uh, just hop on your preferred channel and hit me up there, slide up in those direct messages, and let me know what you think about this podcast. One reoccurring theme that I find out, they say, yeah, hey, love the podcast, uh, topics, good, love it, but I- I'm kind of sick of you. I'm kind of sick of you, Pete. You are the only person I hear. How about some guests? How about you get someone else to talk to? And, you know, I've heard that enough. And I finally have taken some action. Uh, We're going to have some guests. Who? I have no idea. I I don't know who's going to be a guest because, as you know, people are just dying to come on the podcast here with Pete Forsey. People really want to be on this show. So I'm not, I can't say yes to everyone, obviously. But I do have the software figured out, okay? Much thanks to Mr. Uh, Daniel Schmidt, who helped me out with that, at KingGoon450. Give him a follow. Um, he, uh, you know, he talks everything from, uh, from sports to uh, cinema to uh, pop culture entertainment, really just his life. Um, he helped me out with that. I got the software figured out. Now it's just a matter of picking a guest that you guys can find interesting and that we can hold up the integrity of this show. But just know we're going to have a future guest here uh, maybe as soon as next week, okay? I'm not going to promise that for sure, uh, as someone once told me. Under promise, over deliver, and uh, you know people will usually be happy with you more times than not, okay? But other than that, that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the story of John Hamm subscribing to the podcast, okay? Hopefully we get more people on board that really love this show. Share with your friends. It's on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud. Uh, I think we're on Google Play. That may have not have uh, went through. I may have failed on that part. But anyway, tell your friends about the show, the podcast, Pete Forsey. We talk everything ball. Adios. Have fun at the parade. Maybe I'll see you down there. Until next time, peace. Peace.